0: We look around ourselves in almost despair. Our world is so full of disagreement and vitriolic hatred, pro-life versus pro-choice, gun control versus Second Amendment freedoms, emphasis on personal rights at the expense of the communal good, and on and on. We may even believe that no other age since man has been created has there been so many challenges and we fairly shout out to God, God, where are you? And yet, when we hear sacred scripture proclaimed here at every Mass, if we are attentive, we see the folks thousands of years before us posing the same question, God, where are you? But more importantly, we see the divine respond. He was there for them and remains with us. Still, if we look and ponder his word. This morning we heard Moses plead with his people. Take heart, he said, he is near you, he's within reach. Just follow his commandments. St. Paul in the second reading reminds his listeners and by extension us, that Jesus, as the firstborn of creation, was not only there at the beginning of time, but continues to be Lord of all and the head of the church, if only we believe him and follow him. But what does that look like? Jesus shows us in this morning's Gospel. We heard the all-too-familiar Good Samaritan story this morning. We've heard it so often that we need to guard against the all-too-natural tendency to just mumble to ourselves, well, I know how this turns out, and we just tune out and daydream for the rest of the Liturgy of the Word portion of the Mass. But perhaps that's because we never let ourselves plumb the depths. And that is to say, go beneath the surface and really understand what Jesus is teaching us. What is there to know, we might say. There is a wise guy lawyer, or a scholar of the law, to use Luke's words, and a priest and a Levite, who was really the deacon of the day, and a Samaritan, whatever Samaritans are, and the lesson is just to be nice and help other people. Right? Well, no, not quite right. Let's briefly consider the background, starting with the Samaritan. It's far too long a story to go through here, But let's just condense it and say the Samaritans were descendants of the people in the northern kingdom of Israel who saw themselves, and yet today they still are around, as the authentic Jewish people. Their Bible, although that word wasn't uh, in use then, was the Torah, the first five books of what our Old Testament is. The Jews in the southern kingdom of Judah, down in Jerusalem and the surrounding areas, were descendants of the other kingdom, who accepted not only the Torah and some additional books, the Psalms, the prophets, the old the, like Jeremiah and Isaiah, the historical books like Kings and Chronicles, and all the other books that we find in our Old Testament. The two groups, though, had the Torah, the law, in common. What's the point? Even in Jesus' day, the Jews and the Samaritans hated and shunned each other which explains the stunned surprise Jesus' audience must have felt when the hero of the story turned out to be the Samaritan. One more surprising thing for us is all the players in Jesus' drama, the priest, the Levite, the Jewish victim, the scholar of the law, and the Samaritan, all knew and treasured the law, the Torah. Why then all the different responses? The key is at the very beginning of the narrative. The scholar of the law asked Jesus to identify the greatest commandments, but Jesus turned the table on him, on the lawyer who was trying to test him. He said, essentially, you're the scholar of the law, what commandment is the greatest, and how do you interpret it? The scholar correctly identified something that combined love of God with love of neighbor. And what did Jesus say then? You got it. Well done. Now just do it. The two commands formed by the one by, into one by the lawyer summarize and encapsulate all the laws that were given to the Jewish people. And we can see that when we look at the Ten Commandments, the first three have to do with love of God. The last seven have to do with love of neighbor. Well, the lawyer was embarrassed at being outdone in the the argument. And we heard him try again Well then, who is my neighbor? He sort of smugly asked, knowing that the Torah, the law was a little bit unclear, a little ambiguous. It could be immediate family. It could be the clan or extended family. It could even be the resident alien living among us. The lawyer said, who's my neighbor? But Jesus, at the end of his story, did you notice he kind of turned the tables? He, The lawyer said, who's my neighbor? But Jesus said, who was the best neighbor to the victim? Those are entirely two different things. I can help, You know, if if I'm looking to see who's my neighbor, I'm screening them to see who is worthy of my assistance. If I'm trying to be a good neighbor, I'm offering help to all, regardless of the time, the circumstance, and who they are. The lawyer thought long and hard. The priest and the Levite, ignored the man for unknown reasons. They might have been worried about becoming ritually unclean, but that would be a direct violation of the law of God. Or they just didn't want to get involved, but that would be a direct violation of love of neighbor. Only the hated Samaritan (coughs) heeded both commandments, both dimensions. And at the very end, did you see the lawyer could not even say Samaritan when Jesus asked him, who was the neighbor to the victim? The lawyer said, well, the one who gave him mercy. And Jesus once again said, go and do it. Lastly, did we clearly see there was no end to the Samaritan's mercy? He used his time, his wine, his oil, his money, two days' wages, his animal, and took him to this hotel. And he told the innkeeper, when I come back, no matter what the cost, I'm good for it. There was no end to his mercy. The Good Samaritan's actions have always been identified as an example of God's love, exemplified by Jesus. For as our second reading said, Jesus is God made visible. So again, we ask, what's the point? First, everything that Jesus says and does is a lesson for us. We can know and recite God's commands, but that alone is worthless unless we act. Jesus told the lawyer twice in this short encounter, go and do it. Second, we are to act without limits. I can go out on St. Vincent society calls every Friday night, But that doesn't mean I fulfilled my Christian obligation for the week. I am to live out the gospel every moment of every day. What does that look like in your life? Lastly, in just a few moments, we will be nourished and strengthened by the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Christ and that is to enable us to carry out our mission. We will then receive a blessing and be sent out in the world. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. That's not a suggestion to us to just verbally share the good news. It's a command straight from the lips of Jesus to go out and live the gospel And that's our opportunity to address all the problems we began with. Let's do it and help repair the world.